0: Dear Father, God, how beautiful it is to hear the prayers of your people ascending to your throne, and to know, Jesus, that you're actually standing and interceding on our behalf right now as our mediator, and that the Holy Spirit is, is groaning in ways that words can't even express, and that you are here. So Lord, we praise you, we bring you what's on our hearts, and we ask that now, in this moment, that you would open us up to your word. You know that many times we open it up and we can be distracted or have other thoughts, and so we pray that your spirit would speak and that you would remove any distractions so that we can hear your voice. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And this morning, I invite you, so some of you are going back to your seats, hopefully you found a new friend today as you prayed together. You see a picture of a gift on the screen. I invite you to think of a time in your life when you got to open a present or you got to watch someone else open a gift and it was so much fun. Maybe it was fun because of the way it was packaged or it was really big or there was something special about it. Maybe it wasn't you opening the gift, but maybe you prepared it for someone in your family or a friend and you got it all nice and you put it under the tree Christmas morning and you were just so excited for that look of joy when they opened it up. Can you think of a time like that where it was you or someone else? I invite you to share with your neighbor, the person next to you, beside you, in front of you, behind you, and share that time, that time of opening a gift that was just so much fun or watching someone else, and you really got enjoyment out of that. Share with your neighbor. I'm gonna listen. I remember one time for me, this was several years back, my brother and I got this idea that we were going to play a trick on my dad. And this has been used many times, so I'm not sure how much of a trick it was, but we found a great big box, and then a few smaller boxes of graduated sizes, and we got a little gift card and we put it in the bottom, and then I think we put some bricks in there, something heavy, wrapped it all up, gave it to my dad. And we were just so excited to watch him open it up. Oh, no, that's not the end. Keep going, Dad. And oh, what's this? Let's keep looking. That's not the present. And we probably had more fun out of it than he did. But it's fun. It's fun to open gifts. It's fun to give gifts to others. And this morning, it reminds me of our Heavenly Father because he's the giver of good gifts. And there's so many gifts that he gives us, but there's one I'm thinking about today that we're going to discover in the Word that many times remains unopened. Many times we walk right past it. And so I pray that God is preparing our hearts as we discover this gift today. Let's open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, we'll be starting in verse one. When you're there, say amen. Luke chapter 11 verse 1, Matthew, Mark, Luke, amen, here are a few. Here we are. Verse 1 reads, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Imagine how this must have been. It's neat that Jesus didn't have to come out and tell his disciples, you should pray. Jesus just did it quietly. And he was there, and, and I don't know how it would have been, but there must have been something amazing about watching Jesus pray. I imagine he must have been so authentic, so real and raw with God, and yet so personable. And something about it must have been so just compelling that the disciples came up and they said, Jesus, How do you pray like that? We want to experience that. Teach us to pray. And so Jesus starts to answer them. And the whole rest of this section until verse verse 13 is Jesus' answer, how to pray. And so I think it would do well for us to read it today ourselves and learn how to pray. And so Jesus starts out and he said, verse 2, When you pray, say, Father, how will be your name? Your kingdom come. And he goes through the Lord's prayer. Many of you may have memorized this. I know I did growing up. Two years old, King James Version. Probably the first thing I learned. But we're going to focus more on verses 5 through 13. Jesus is teaching them what it means to pray. In verse 5, this is what he says. Suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Let's try to get into this story a little bit. For most of us, if we had a friend come in at midnight and they were hungry, our first instinct would not be to knock at our neighbor's door. We would probably look through the cupboards, we don't have anything, okay, let's take a quick run to Taco Bell, let's go to Walmart, let's see what we can find for you. But this is during a time where they don't have Walmart and Taco Bell, they don't have phones to call each other up, so the next best thing is you have to run to your neighbor and knock at the door and ask if they have any bread. We might again say, well, just wait till breakfast, you'll be fine. But no, in this culture, and some of you understand this because you may have grown up this way, food is everything. Food is very important. It's how we show our love. It's how we show our hospitality. How many of you feel that way? Food, when you eat food, you feel good, yes. If you don't feed someone, you are not a good host. You are not a good hostess. And so this is tragedy of tragedies. That someone has come to this person's home and they have nothing to give them. And so in desperation, they run to their neighbor. They say, please lend me three loaves of bread. This is an emergency. But verse 7, the story gets a little bit awkward. Luke chapter 11, verse 7. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Now that might seem a little bit rude, but that's probably how most of us would feel. I know that's how I might feel if someone knocked at my door in the middle of the night and said, can you give me some bread? I would would maybe think that, but this person actually says it. And since he's his friend, he feels comfortable saying, what are you doing? It's the middle of the night, I'm sleeping and it's not just me, my kids are here and they have school in the morning. Parents, you know how this is. We are not waking up the kids, they need to get their rest so that we can leave at 7 a.m. to avoid the traffic and get everyone to school and everything, will be fine. I can't help you, I'm sorry. Most of us would say, I'm so sorry. End of story, that's how I would be. If I were the person in this story, my first thing would be probably, let me text my friend. Are you awake still? Wait for the response. I'm so sorry, I have a favor to ask you. Would you mind helping me out? Can I borrow some bread? Then if they didn't answer, I definitely would not go all the way down to their house, knock on the door, even if I got that far and they answered. I would say, I am so very sorry. I hope we can still be friends. I'm so embarrassed, please go back to sleep and let me just stop talking because I'm keeping you up longer. But that's not what this person does, do they? They stay there. The person answers, they say, don't don't wake me up. I'm trying to sleep and the friend doesn't leave. Knocks again, I know you're there. You just answered, I really need that bread please just three loaves and what happens what does jesus say he says verse 8 i tell you though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend so even though they're friends that is not a deep enough friendship to get up in the middle of the night however yet because of the man's boldness he will get up and give him as much as he needs what does your version say there mine says boldness any other words I hear a few more. Persistence? What else? Shamelessness. Shamelessness. I heard shameless audacity. Those last two, shamelessness, shameless audacity, are actually probably the closest to the word here. This is the only time this word is used in Scripture, at least in the New Testament, and it really means a shamelessness. It's like that person who is not afraid to ask for something but almost to the point of embarrassment where the rest of us would say, that is rude, that is greedy, that is not polite. And that's what Jesus is saying. Because of his shameless audacity, this friend will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now let's remember the context of why Jesus is telling this story. It's not just a fun story, he's teaching us how to pray. And so Jesus is teaching us, don't just pray, we need to pray with persistence. How many of us pray this way? Do we pray in a way that gets us up in the middle of the night and on our knees and knocking again and again and again? Or do we just give up so quickly? We ask for it and then we stop. Maybe because it isn't working out. Or maybe, quite frankly, we just forgot. We got busy. Life happened. Do we pray with persistence? But Jesus continues. Verse 9 He's going to explain a little bit of what he's saying in this story. So I say to you, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. I like the NLT version in verse 9. It says, keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking. This is not a one-time event. The sense here is something continuous. You can't just ask and stop. You have to be like that guy at the door. That's how God is calling us to pray persistently. But he says, for everyone. Does he say, the ones who pray and their life is perfect? The ones who arrive Sabbath morning, 15 minutes before the service, they studied their Sabbath school lesson, they have a great family, no problems. Is that what Jesus says? He says, for everyone who asks, receives. This is open-ended, this is for me and for you. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus says, when you pray, When you knock at the door, you can expect it's going to open. You can pray and believe something is going to happen. When I pray, do I pray with expectation? Many times I find myself praying for something and then I go past and I forget about it. And then sometimes it happens and guess what? We're shocked. Wow, did God really answer that prayer? And it's good to be excited and I think it's great to give God praise. But shouldn't we expect something to happen when we pray? Shouldn't we pray with expectation? Jesus says pray, pray with persistence, pray with expectation, but he's not done yet. Jesus is building up to something here in Luke chapter 11, and we can't miss it. Luke chapter 11, verse 11 through 13. Which of you fathers, which of you parents, moms, dads, If your son or daughter asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. How many of you parents, if your child said, hey, can you get me something from Taco Bell? I'm hungry. Would you get them something from Taco Bell or would you get them hot, too funny? Here's a spider. Oh, here's a little cockroach. That's what I found in my apartment the other week. I don't usually holler, but I opened my potatoes and I hollered because it was on me and I wasn't expecting it. Here's a cockroach for you. No, Jesus says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, even though we're human, even though we make mistakes, even though we're selfish creatures, Jesus says, I know you still want to do well. You still want to give good gifts to your kids, to the people in your life. And yet he's setting up a parallel here. How much more? Will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We tend to think, we like to think we're good friends, we're good parents, we're good neighbors, we like to give good gifts. But do we really think about who our Father is? How much he loves us, that he already gave Jesus to die on the cross for us. How much more would he want to give us a good gift than even an earthly really good dad or a really good mom. How much more, Jesus says. And it's interesting because as I'm reading, this is the whole section of Jesus teaching on prayer. So everything in here must be very vital and every example must be, wow, this must be what I should pray for. And so when you come to verse 13 and he says, how much more will your father give? Imagine that your Bible dropped off right there. What would you expect jesus to say there's so many things that god could give us there's so many examples that jesus could have said how much more will your father give you peace health freedom joy all those things are good all those things are beautiful all those are things biblical and yet jesus chose to say how much more will your father give the holy spirit why did he pick the holy spirit to say here Why would he say the Holy Spirit? Is that what I usually ask for? Where does the Holy Spirit fall in our line of what we ask for from God? Jesus underscores this a little bit more after his death and resurrection, right before he went to heaven in Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. Acts 1, 4 and 5, flip over there with me. Get on your Bible app. Acts 1, 4 and 5. On one occasion, While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. They're so excited. They're ready to go. Jesus says, wait, wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit a gift. Let's think about this a little bit and try to illustrate it. And I need all of the children, all the kids who are here who are willing to help me to come meet me right up here. Are there any kids in the house? I'm looking for kids who like presents. Okay, now I hear a little bit of, wow, (laughs) all right. Okay, now as you're coming up, I'm going to need, we can use all of you, but I'm going to need a couple of volunteers. I need someone who doesn't just like opening presents and getting presents. I need someone who likes to give presents. Someone who likes to give presents. Okay, let's see, and then someone to have a birthday. So all of us can have a birthday, okay? We'll say all of us are having a birthday. But let's see, right here, do you wanna help me? Okay, so let's imagine, what's your name again? Michael. Michael, okay. You're, hmm? I'm new. You're new, I'm new too. Welcome, that's perfect. Okay, so Michael, if you would come and stand right here, right here with me, and now the rest of you are going to be having a birthday. So what age are you turning, what do you think? Let's pick a number. Eight, did I hear eight? Eight, okay, we're gonna say we're all turning eight. So Michael, these are all of your friends and that's a lot of people to get a gift for, okay? So you just decided I'm gonna give them one really big present, okay? And they can all share it, that makes sense, right? That'll be good, oh, he's already giving it to you. Wait, wait, not yet. So Michael, if you stay right here, let's imagine that all of you wake up in the morning and it's your birthday morning, and you're so excited because you have a big day planned. And all of a sudden, what do you hear? You're about ready for breakfast, and what happens? Ding! The doorbell rings, and Michael's at the door. So what do you do? Run to the door? So, someone come run to the door? Let's open the door for Michael. Oh, hi, Michael. I'm so glad you're here. And Michael, what would you say? Uh, I don't know. You don't know? You might say, like, happy birthday, because it's their birthday, right? Happy birthday. I have something for you. What do you want to do now if he gives you this gift? What would you want to do? Open it. But let's imagine you say, actually, no. I can't open this present because I need to eat breakfast. I haven't had breakfast yet. So we all go and let's eat breakfast and what are we gonna have for breakfast? Pancakes, mmm, pancakes. pancakes, waffles. We can put some maple syrup on Okay, so get your pancakes ready. Got 'em, got 'em. And maybe we can have some, some hash browns, some potatoes, maybe some eggs or some tofu, some fruit. Oh, and you eat it all up. Okay, Michael, what are you gonna say now? You're gonna say, well i'm still holding this present and i'm getting kind of heavy so what do you think you would say would you open it oh imagine if you said actually no i can't open that present yet michael why don't you set it down so your arms don't get tired thank you michael you can just put it right there yep thank you very much we cannot open our present because we need to brush our teeth so we do not get cavities so we brush our teeth after all those pancakes and maple syrup and all that sugar and chocolate chip pancakes and they have to floss them and then we're just turning eight, don't forget. And so then Michael says, oh, I still have a present for you. But imagine that we all said, but look, all our friends just came and it's time for our birthday party. Welcome everyone. We're going to have a birthday party. And so then we have a party, maybe play some games. What do you like to do, eat pizza, ice cream, stuff like that? Yes, and then everyone leaves, goodbye, and they give you some presents. Here's a present for you, and for you, and for you, and you open them up, and you didn't open Michael's present yet. But Michael's like, it's okay. Maybe they'll open it later, right? Because mine's pretty special. And so we come to the very end of the day, and Michael comes up and he says, don't forget, I still have a present for you. But imagine if you said, you know what, Michael? I'm just too tired. I think opening a present is a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work, right? all that wrapping paper. And- I, You have to rip it. Yeah, you have to rip it. And that can be a lot. It can be hard sometimes. It can be a lot. And so you're like, you know what? I just need to go to bed, maybe tomorrow. And so you go to bed. Michael, how would you feel? What do you think? Yeah. Well, you could think about it more, but I, I would probably feel kind of sad because I wrapped this all up and you did such a good job and they didn't even want to open it. So let's think about this. And I want to give them all a hand. You can all go back to your seats. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. <gasps> Maybe later, we'll see. Good job. So we laugh, we think about poor Michael, and he's not really sure how he feels, but I think he would probably get sad eventually. I would get sad. Imagine if, if Michael left it right here and, and the next day came and, and none of the kids opened the gift, and then the next day, and then the next day, and the next day. And so it started to collect dust and it was t- entirely forgotten. That'd be sad, right? It'd be kind of absurd. And yet, our good, gracious, generous Heavenly Father has this gift that we just read about. A gift that He longs to give us even more than a dad wants to give good gifts to his kids, and that's the Holy Spirit. And what do we do as a church with this gift? Wow, what a nice present. That's great. It can stay right there, a little busy right now. I'm not sure what would happen if, if I open this gift. I'm not sure what a change it might make in my life. Or maybe, you know, I, I'm just a little too busy. I didn't even, we forget about the gift. Or maybe we say, wow, it's a nice gift, but ooh, I see some people over there in that church and they really like this gift, and ooh, we don't want to be known for that. So let's let's just not open the gift. Or maybe we decide to, to study the gift. Let's open our Bibles and see what we can learn. Maybe we decide to have a committee meeting about the gift. Maybe we write a book about the gift. Right? And all the time our Father is waiting. So ready, wishing we'd open the gift, and it's just forgotten. I hope this is very tangible for us today because I know a lot of my life I've done this with this gift. And I've said, Well, that's nice. Or even if I started to ask for this gift, it was almost an afterthought. It wasn't the way that Jesus is saying here, it wasn't praying and praying with persistence and praying with expectation. That's what Jesus is saying, he's concluding all of it after he tells us to pray, and to pray persistently, to pray expectantly, he says pray for the Holy Spirit. How much more will your Father give you the gift of the Spirit if you ask? But how many times have I prayed and I've asked God for everything else and I've gone down my list and then the Holy Spirit has just been almost an afterthought? Or just almost like a, like a jet pack, right? Oh, give me the Spirit so I can have energy for my day. That's not what the gift of the Holy Spirit is for. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a game changer. And our Heavenly Father must be so heartbroken. Do you know how much your life would change if you opened this gift? Do you know how much freedom, how much peace, how much joy, how much purpose you would experience if you opened this gift? Today he is giving us this invitation that we've just read about. It's not too late to open the gift. It's something that we can experience today. It's something that I'm just beginning to barely taste, barely trying to open in my life. And I want to invite you to begin to open your hearts as we listen to this song and think about who God is and about his power and that he is the way maker. I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak and we would not just hear the words of this song, but that we would hear his invitation to open up this precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's open our hearts.